Praise him for his covering. Praise him for his anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Amen. We're going to dismiss our classes, our kids' classes. You may be dismissed. Everybody else just turn and greet somebody in the name of the Lord. And tell them you're thankful to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Everybody doing good? Hallelujah. You may be seated. I'm thankful that you made it tonight. Um, it, it was actually a little treacherous out there. And people sliding around, and uh, I don't, I don't know if it's because they didn't plan it correctly, or they were just waiting on it to stop, or they can't get people to work, or whatever. But normally, it's not quite as bad as it, as it was. Um, it just, I don't. Do we even get an inch, inch of snow? Are y'all here? <laughs> Praise God! But I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you made it on out to the house of the Lord. I, I want to read uh, a few uh, verses of scripture out of the book of Isaiah and chapter 56. And I'll just read this first one to get us started. Neither, neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. In the New Living Translation, it says, Don't let foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, The Lord will never let me be a part of his people. And don't let the eunuch say, I am a dried up tree with no children and no future. I really can't think of a better verse to talk about soul winning tonight. And when I was a kid and when you were kids, our parents, and you've told your kids this too, used to tell us, don't talk to strangers. So I want to talk to you tonight from the subject Talk to strangers since the kids aren't in here. Talk to strangers because the Lord said, I don't want the son of the stranger. And there's other verses that talk about the stranger himself and the eunuch to say that they have no part among my people, that they don't feel like they fit in in the house of God. This is, um, now I'm going to talk about this for a little bit. It's, it's not, I'm using it in the context of this uh, scripture and it helps to talk about things like this because um, 
sometimes we feel a certain way and we're not, you know, I wonder if everybody's feeling this way. And I just want to assure you that everybody's feeling this way. Um, but, you know, for two years now, it has felt like everything we do, we're doing it walking waist deep through mud. I mean, it's just everything is longer, more taxing, more difficult, takes more effort, um, can be exhausting. I um, started about a month ago, um, and this is just one example of many that we have encountered over the last 20 months or more, but I started over a month ago or about a month ago trying to get the cabinets ordered for the church kitchen. And in the middle of all that, we just about had it finalized and come to find out the people that were doing it didn't, they weren't any help in installing a hood. Now, we, we don't have a hood back there currently. Well, we don't have anything back there currently. But um, to get the hood, you know, there's some specifications involved and then there has to be some clearance and, and then it's going to be, you know, whether you need exhaust fan or do you need exhaust fan with makeup air? Do you need makeup air, makeup, heated makeup air? Do you need suppression system and all that? And I probably have made over 20 phone calls um, in the last two and a half weeks just trying to get that question answered. Speaking to everybody from the New Albany Fire Marshal to the State Fire Marshal to the State uh, Building uh, department inspection and and uh, all of that, and then they they said, "We'll have your installer call us, and we'll we'll talk it over. We're not on site, so maybe he can give us a little indication there." And lo and behold, uh, the installer won't call me back. So it's been a week and a half trying to get a hold of the installer, and I finally started yesterday um, trying to get a hold of a new installer, and the man that called me back after a referral. He let me go through the whole story, asked me a bunch of questions, and then at the end of it, he said, well, I'm not really the guy you need to talk to. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad we could be friends. <laughs> but I will have somebody uh, call you, and, you know, here's his name, and, and he'll call you, and you tell him everything that you just told me. And they work in the same department. And so, anyway, now, 20 months ago, I would have probably got aggravated at that. Like, are you, are you serious right now? We seriously just wasted 30 minutes on the phone for absolutely no reason. You could have led with, I'm not the guy you need to talk to. But, but anyway, but that's, but that's the way that things are. It's, we, we live, it's a, it's, a new, it's a new world. It's a whole new world. Chick-fil-A, of all things, now is closing here in New Albany. The one on Veterans is open later, but that one is closing at 8 p.m. daily. The Lord's coming back soon. I'm, it is definitely a sign of the end time. But it's also a sign of the fact that people don't want to work. And the fact that they have to pay the ones that are working much more money. They've tried and tried to get the minimum wage Raised and so now it is raised by default, and uh, there's a whole debate with that, and it's neither here nor there. I don't care about that, but um, 
For those of you that are making minimum wage, congratulations on your $17 an hour. I'm very happy for you uh, because just, you know, a year and a half, 20 months ago, that was $9 an hour, $8 an hour, whatever it was. And so uh, blessings to the Lord, uh, from the Lord to you. But ev everything is more difficult. And, and it's kind of this, and, and nobody, nobody wants to work. Um, nobody wants to do anything. People don't have any drive anymore. They don't have any dreams anymore. Uh, it's, it's almost like the whole world is on pause just waiting. Now, I'm, I'm, lead, I'm talking about this in the context of tonight. It's just like the whole world is just waiting, sitting on their couch, you know, whatever, eating chips and dip until something changes. And the fact of the matter is we don't know if it's ever going to change. Now, we, we believe that it can change. We believe that the Lord can change it. We believe that prayer changes everything. But we don't know for certain if it's going to, going to change. We, we do know that something strange is going on, and it is leading somewhere, and somehow in some way it is going to play a part in uh, what is ramping up to the coming of the Lord. Now, whether that is you know in the next 12 months or the next 12 years, we don't know. But this is another component of what is happening, so we got to keep our eyes open. Now, in the middle of all that, you also have people that not only want to work, they don't want to work, but they don't want to come to church. And now, most of the, a lot of the churches of the world have conditioned people to having church in their pajamas on the couch. And so, what's the use in coming to, to church anymore? And by the way, that's not safe, and why would I want to come be around a bunch of people when I can stay isolated here? I work from home. And now I can get my groceries delivered to me, and I can, you know, I can just get pretty much anything that I want. If I can't get it from the grocery store, I can get it from Amazon. Uh, Amazon better pick it up, too, because it used to be you could order it, and before you hit enter, it was at your doorstep. I know because I've seen it happen. No, I'm kidding. It's not that fast, but you could get it uh, within a day or so, and sometimes the same day, and now it's several days, and then you can call, and they may or may not even have your order. And, and everything, FedEx has gone to pot. I mean, they just absolutely, I mean, they just lose stuff now. And it's like, yeah, you order overnight, and what they meant was 10-day delivery. But you paid for overnight, and then you, you may or may not get your order. The, it's, it's just mass confusion, mass confusion. And so uh, people don't want to go out of their way for anything. They just don't. Do you agree with me tonight? So... We have to be careful about not letting that creep into the church. We, we know what's right. We, you know, we have a good grasp, a fairly good grasp about what is happening here. I feel like the Lord gives the church insight on things that other people are clueless to. You know, the world just kind of goes along to get along, and they believe everything that's regurgitated out of the mainstream media and all that kind of stuff, and it becomes law. And, and people are still fearful. They're fearfully, fearful again. I mean, I've had several uh, people message me, not from the church, but, but from beyond. Some, some that are in church, uh, but some that are, that are not part of our persuasion. And it's neither good or bad. It's just a fact. Uh, people are still really, really intimidated by the word COVID. And even though this Omicron or whatever it is is a... A much uh, weaker strain um, than it was at the beginning. 
people are still really intimidated by this by this whole thing, and so uh, we we have to be aware of that. But we cannot let that dissuade us. Well, they don't want to come anyway. Well, they you know they got all kind of excuses. Well, they don't really want to leave their home. Well, they you know they told me this and they told me that. Hey, we'll watch your live stream or whatever. We we have to continue to be as passionate and compassionate toward the lost as we have ever been. You know, 2008, 2009, I'm not trying to live in nostalgia here, but I mean, it was, you know, that world back then, we weren't scared of anything, and we weren't intimidated by anything, and I don't believe that we are now. I don't believe that we are now, but we cannot let whatever this buffer is between us and people just cause us to not do the work of God. Now, we are, we are in a 24-hour prayer chain. It is going well. There is a very good uh, spirit of us uh, here right over on the front row uh, praying last night. And I, was, um, I have a window, uh, at least an hour window, where I'm by myself. And, um, and I was just praying here, and it, it, it literally got so powerful, I was just absolutely overwhelmed by it. And I'm sitting here in the pitch black, and... And it was, it was overwhelming. It was powerful. And so something is stirring. Something is moving. And, uh, but, but we are in a desperate situation. We, we, have not, we have not pushed like an apostolic church knows how to push in a couple of years. And it's far past the time. Um, we, we cannot be just kind of floundering around and indifferent and... You know, here one minute and gone the next, and and it, and it's easy. Don't don't become like the world is becoming. They're making up excuses for everything. We've all talked about this before. It's like people are using COVID as an excuse to not return your phone call. You know, like they just don't like. You get a hold of them three days later. It's like, oh well, you know, my cousin had COVID. Okay. I mean, do they live in your house? No, they live in Oregon. But I was on the phone with them, and they got COVID. And it's just like, I know that's a little silly. That's a little far-fetched, but that didn't really happen. But, but you understand what I'm saying. I mean, it's like we don't have to return your phone call, and we don't have to come to church, and we don't have to respond to you and, and, and whatever. And the enemy... The enemy attacks the people of God and the church in ways that are very different, very diverse. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's like knives, you know, coming at you. Sometimes it's like bombs going off. Sometimes it's like tornadoes hitting your house. And sometimes it's sickness. And sometimes it's oppression, depression. And this, and I've called it, I think I called it this this weekend, but this lull it's just a lull in the atmosphere. Like it feels like nothing. It just Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. Raise your hand if, if that's exactly the way you feel. You don't have to agree with me. Okay. I want you to look around at all the hands just so it's verified that we're all feeling the same thing. This is not just me or it's not just a couple of you. This is, this is what we're feeling. We're feeling it. Everybody's feeling it. Now, they may not know how to describe it. Uh, they could describe it better than we can. I don't know, but... But some may not know how to describe it, but people, everybody knows what they're feeling. It just feels like nothing, like lethargic, like we don't care, like we've had, we're just happy to be breathing oxygen. We'll stay in our home for the rest of our lives if we have to. 
but this is a trick of the enemy. It's a trick of the enemy. And some people say, well, God let this happen or God sent it to judge America. And it could have happened. It could have happened. Um, but, but I don't think God's putting a law on the church. So it is, it is becoming increasingly, we have to become increasingly more intentional about talking to strangers. We have to talk to strangers. Now, that, that word stranger means foreigner or, or alien, and that's exactly what people feel like when they come in here, just like you feel when you go into some other denominational church. And we have to help them not feel like strangers. We have to be hospitable out there and, and connect with them out there and then when they come in here, we have to go above and beyond and out of our way to make them feel like families, family. We do not want them to feel like strangers because it's not the will of God. Everybody say it's not the will of God. In verse 4 of this chapter, it says, For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place. Everybody say, there is a place for the stranger. And a name better than of sons and of daughters, I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and taketh hold of my covenant. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer. Everybody say, for all people. For all people. For every race, for every Christian background, for every level of faith. Amen. From the atheist, atheist to the, the most... Uh, educated theologian. My house should be called a house of prayer for all people. And so there's two priorities, prayer and ensuring that it's for everybody. The Lord God, which gathereth, gathereth, uh, gathereth the outcast of Israel, saith, yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. I will reach for the Gentiles beyond the Jewish people, beyond Israel, that I have already reached for. Now, in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13, the scripture said, He said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them 400 years. Now, I, I want to use this verse as an example to illustrate that the people of God were never meant to fit in in Egypt. We know that, right? And as a matter of fact, um, you know, if you're, if you're really living for God, you don't, you don't want to feel at home in Egypt. You, you don't want to hang out with pot smokers and alcoholics and people cussing all the time and telling dirty jokes and, and that stuff. You, you want to be among the people of God in a sanctified atmosphere. Um, you know, we, we love our bubble. We love our bubble, and there's nothing wrong with our bubble. You know, come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean things, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. So that, that scripture and that Bible 
But we also have to flip that and we have to understand as uncomfortable as we would be, hopefully you are, in a bar room or in a crack house or in a back alley doing something nefarious somewhere, there are people that live that lifestyle that feel equally, if not more, as uncomfortable in here. And so they have a thousand reasons for why they don't want to come to the house of the Lord. They have a thousand reasons. They have a thousand excuses, and when they can't think of what the excuses are, the devil will remind them of what those excuses are. So the point of us talking to strangers is not, is not just to invite them, invite them, invite them. When they don't come, we just give up on them. One of the points is to help them to see beyond the veil and the veneer to help them to feel comfortable with us because if they feel comfortable with us, they will feel comfortable here in this church or they will feel more comfortable. Do you believe that? And so he, he told Abram, he said, your, your seed is going to be a stranger in a land that's not theirs. Their customs are not going to be the same. Uh, Pharaoh's not going to be their king. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're going to be slaves. They'll be under the hands of, of uh, taskmasters. And, but eventually, they're going to they're come out. So remember, remember what it felt like the first time that you walked into an apostolic environment. You, above all people, know how to bridge that gap in people's lives. You know how to have those conversations. You know how to, you know, you don't have to walk up to them just with these and thous and ye in the King James Version and quoting book, chapter, and verse, you know. You just tell them what God says and tell them what you've been through and give them your testimony and tell them how good God is and how you wouldn't survive. And I went through a storm and this is what was going on. But the Lord miraculously brought me through that and he'll do that for you too. It's, it's easier to talk to strangers than, than you realize. But it, but it has to be intentional. And you can't just leave it up to the extroverts. Now I realize that the extroverts, they will talk to anybody they will talk to everybody about anything and everything. But the introverts have to talk to strangers too. We, we have to, am I making sense here tonight? We have to get the barrier down. And what I'm going to say to you is what we see as a hindrance and a setback having to invite people through all of this COVID mess is really the greatest opportunity that the church has ever had before because we have the, the privilege and the opportunity to say things that they're not hearing anywhere else. Like God will take care of you. Like it's going to be okay. Like I'm going to pray for you. Like I've got a church that will pray for you, that will cover you, that will love you. Amen. And, and, you can, and you can talk to them about things like loneliness and isolation. Because you feel it too. And thank God we have a church family and we have small groups. Our small groups are more valuable to us in this season than they ever would have been before. And I, I know we started them in 2020, but, but here they are and they're thriving, they're flourishing. Last night, uh, they're, they're having small groups tonight, uh, two more or three more. Uh, but last night in our six small groups, we had, we had three adult first-time guests and one family brought their children with them, and that was in uh, the small group in Madison. And the, there was a guest, I think, at, at one of the Louisville Central, if I get that right, 
small groups, and those are the only uh, few guests that I know of. But those small groups are very valuable to us now. And this is a golden opportunity to get people to come to those. But, but you have to talk to them, and you have, to, you have to explain things, and you have to help them to feel comfortable, and you have to make sure that they're not going to feel like a stranger. They're going to feel like part of the family when they come in. Amen. Is that good? All right. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. He shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Isn't that going to be an exciting moment? Now this is what he said to those, to the sheep, to the ones on his right hand. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat, or you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a Stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison? And came unto thee. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. What, what a powerful analogy that Jesus gave to illustrate what true righteous sheep behave like. Every stranger you reach out to, You've done it unto Christ. Every hungry person you feed, and we're, we have got some exciting things that are going to be taking place this year. I can't wait. Amen. Just seems like about the time we're trying to get traction, my Lord, it's either sickness or snow or whatever. But we're going to, we're going to plow right through this this year. We're not slowing down. Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands. We're going we're gonna to go right through it. We're not even going to look back. I'm excited about it. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, don't be a part of this group. Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Now watch this, because Jesus has just made this a heaven or hell issue. Jesus said these kind of people that behave in the way that I'm about to describe are people that I am going to curse into everlasting fire. For I was hungry and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in naked and you clothed me not sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him saying, 
Lord, when saw we thee thirst hungry or thirst a thirst for a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister, did not minister unto thee? What an interesting word they chose. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me, and they these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Powerful. I want to be part of the first group. Everybody say, talk to strangers. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. That word entertain there means hospitality or to be hospitable. Be not forgetful to be hospitable or show hospitality to strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Feel people's pain. Relate to their bondage. We, it is easy for us to become so sanctified free that we forget the things that we struggled so desperately with before the Lord brought us out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Being bound to a pill, a problem, a broken marriage, an abusive past. We forget that. But he said, identify with their bondage and connect with their adversity, their suffering, as if you yourself were in their body. Now, I don't, I don't do what I'm about to describe to you all the time. As a matter of fact, uh, there have been times that I uh, just, I probably miss some opportunities, but, you know, but it's our humanity looks at it and says, you know, why are you living on the street? Why are you homeless? Now, we're not, we're not a kind to people, and we do help them, we do bless them, but everybody that comes up and asks you for a buck, you don't, you don't give a buck to because you know you're, you're paying for a bottle of alcohol or something like that. But there's sometimes you do feel that nudge. And I, I believe that probably all of us uh, have come, have entertained angels before or or come nigh to it. And you don't have to feel goosebumps. You don't have to see a halo or a feather from a wing accidentally sticking out from behind their shirt to for it to be an angel. He he said you do it unaware. In other words, you you don't know that it's happening. You, you're not aware of it. But heaven takes note of it. Saturday night I was I was studying and um uh, I, I don't remember what time. I think it was maybe 6.30 or 7 in the evening. And um, I, I just got this craving for Cracker Barrel. I have not eaten. Yeah, I know why, right? I have not eaten at Cracker Barrel in probably two years. Matter of fact, I can tell you where the last Cracker Barrel I ate was. It wasn't here in town. Um, I can tell you when it was. If I had a calendar in front of me or if I looked it up on my phone, I could probably tell you the exact date it was, but it's been a long time ago. And so I thought tomorrow 
you know, B-dubs, sorry, I'm going to go get me some Cracker Barrel. But I don't want to go to that one in Sellersburg. And so I was sitting there just studying, mulling this over, and I said, ah, I know, I'll go to the one on Crittenden Drive. And so as soon as I made that decision, I had this peace come over me. And so Sunday afternoon, I was up in the office, and I told Brother Sturgeon, I, I said, uh, well, let's go. We're going to Cracker Barrel today. He said, all right. And I said, I don't know why. I can't explain it, but we're supposed to be there today. And so we got, we got in there to Cracker Barrel and um, probably sat at our table 15 minutes before the waitress came by the table. And so we're just sitting, and the restaurant is full, it's packed, and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and in the back of my mind is this little thought, like, why did I do this? And finally she came, her name was uh, Shauna, I believe, um, <laughs> anyway, she had her name right here, I think it was Shauna, and she came, and she was so apologetic, and she said, the kitchen is absolutely driving me crazy today. The cooks in there are wearing me out. I am having the absolute worst day. I am so, so sorry. And when she said that, I felt the Lord tap me on the shoulder and said, she's why you're here. And so we had a good lunch. The dumplings beyond, they were the best Cracker Barrel dumplings I've had ever I'm, some of y'all going to go to Cracker Barrel in the next couple of days. I ordered fried okra, but they were out of it. So I ordered the collard greens, and they were absolutely perfect. And I, I, and I ordered the hamburger steak, and it was the best hamburger steak I've had from Cracker Barrel. And I was so pleased with my choice. And I had my little ketchup sitting there on the plate and dipping my hamburger steak in it. And it was just, it was just, and the, the consistency of the dumplings were just perfect. They were just not too juicy and they were not too thick. They weren't thick and pasty and clumpy, you know, and they were just, and they tasted, they were wonderful. And so we were sitting there and, and we got to cutting up with her and, and just, just trying to lighten the mood. And, and they got my, I ordered the hamburger steak medium well and it came back and it was uh, whatever that is, it's not blood that runs out on the plate, but that it, it looks like blood. It's something else. But anyway, it was running out on the plate, and I thought, well, I'm not going to say anything. She's having a bad day. And when I cut into it, I said, no, nah, I'm going to have to say something. <laughs> and so when I, I took one bite of it, and um, I waved at her from across the restaurant, she came over there, and she got near the table, and I pointed at the steak, and she said, oh, my word, that's not medium well. And she said, I will take care of that right now. And it wasn't but about two or three minutes. She, she went and got me a new one, brought it back. At the end of that, she said, I've just got to tell you, I was having the worst day before y'all came in here. And now y'all have made my day. I'm so, I'm just in a good mood. And thank you, thank you so, so very much. Now, uh, did we lay hands on her? Did she go to talking in tongues right there? You know, did we uh, pull a horse trough up, up outside in the 25-degree weather, 30-degree weather, and baptize her? No, none of that happened. Uh, did, did the Lord heal her of something? No. Uh, did she throw down all of her bad habits and say, I'm joining your church? No. But hospitality is a part of the kingdom. It's a part of the kingdom. 
And sometimes the Lord, I told, I told Brother Sturge when we got in the car, I said we were here for two reasons, and I'll tell you the other one here in just a moment. And I said the first reason is that Shauna was having the worst day, and sometimes the Lord will let people encounter just somebody that will touch their life in a meaningful way, and they don't know what it is that's touching their life, but it will lighten them, and it will change their perception and perspective about things in the world, and you never know. You never know. So, I mean, you know, that's not, guess where I'm going back to lunch Sunday? Because I'm going looking for her. I, I want to make another impact on her life because I want to get her to church. But if I don't get her to church, I know that the Lord sent me over there for her. When we came out of the restaurant, here comes this man. Uh, he's dressed decent. He was, you know, dressed uh, just like any of you would dress casually. And we come out the door of the Cracker Barrel, and he's flustered, and, and he says, Sir, that's my Ford Escape over there. And I looked over there, and it was, it was in, you know, it wasn't all beat up or anything. It was just a decent-looking Ford Escape. And he said, I'm an idiot. I left E-Town. I found out my son is in the hospital in Indianapolis, and I don't have enough. I just didn't realize I didn't have enough gas to get there and back. I thought I did, and I have, I have nothing to pay for gas. Well, okay, I've heard that story a million times. Okay, and, and so I wasn't deceived by that. But we were standing out there in the wind, and the Lord said, give him $20. And I looked at him, I said, sir, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm cold. I don't like cold weather, and I'm freezing out here. If you'll come to my car, I'll give you $20. Oh, sir, look, I will give you my cell phone. You can call me. I'll pay it. I said, I don't want it back. I just, just come. I need to get out of the cold. Okay, I'm cold. I need you to come to my car, and I'll give you 20 bucks. And so he's all flustered, and he's like, please, please, let me give you my cell number and all that kind of stuff. Well, it, it don't matter to me. At, at that point, the story doesn't matter to me. What mattered to me is that Saturday evening, the Lord wanted me at that Cracker Barrel for at least one reason. And, I, and so I told him, I said, the second reason we were there, I said, sometimes, I said, now that man was probably lying through his teeth. I said, that's not the point. But sometimes the Lord just wants to know, do you hear my voice? I need to know, can I direct your steps and can I order your life and can I put you in places where I need you to be? And I felt, I felt such a relief by being there at Cracker Barrel when we left. And, and the Lord made sure my lunch was just perfect and it was wonderful and it was better than B-dubs and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it's over in Louisville. That might, that might be my new Sunday hangout. I, I don't know. But the point is is that the Lord will give us opportunities to speak to strangers. And you don't have to get discouraged if they don't accept your invitation to church because the Lord knows what he's doing. The Lord knows how to plant a seed of kindness in people's lives. Am I making sense here tonight? But you have to be intentional and you have to be open to it and you have to be willing to be led of the Holy Ghost and you have to be willing to let the Lord put you in front of people that need to feel his kindness. You know, the Bible says that the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance. The goodness of God leadeth men to repentance. God's invisible, but his people are not. And so sometimes it can be the goodness of God. You don't know that that girl may have left, that, left work that day 
and say, Lord, I, I don't know who those people are, but somehow you must have sent them there for me because I feel so much better. And Lord, you don't know what she may have said to the Lord, and that's not up to us. In Luke chapter 10, and I'm closing, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 25, Jesus said, Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, that is an important question. Can you imagine just being so bold and point blank to ask that question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, answering, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. He said, You've got to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. Now watch this. I believe the whole Bible. I believe the whole Bible. I believe our standards head to toe. I've believed the same thing since I was a child. It's never changed. And the reason is because I've proved it over and over and over and over again in the Scripture. You find what you're looking for. You don't find what you're not looking for. And I have found what we believe to be true 100%. I have been willing to let the Lord change my mind many times through the years. I believe you must be born again of the water and the spirit. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I believe all that stuff. But Jesus basically said all the law and the prophets, all the law and the prophets hang on these two great commandments. To love the Lord in those ways and to love thy neighbor as thyself. I have no question about how much you love the Lord tonight but the question is how much do you love your neighbor because he said unto him thou shalt answer right this do and thou shalt live what a powerful statement but he willing to justify himself Unto Jesus, he said, and who is my neighbor? I'm trying to find out who I have to love and who I don't have to love. And Jesus follows his question with the story of the Good Samaritan. And he talks about this man that fell among thieves. And he was stripped Naked, laying by the side of the road, left half dead. And religious people, the priesthood, went by. But this Samaritan, which I preached on this recently, that Samaritan was Jesus. And he left him in the inn there, and he told the innkeeper, he said, take care of whatever he needs. Now watch this. Take care of whatever he needs. Well, I wonder, I wonder if he was going to misuse. I wonder if he was going to take advantage of the innkeeper. I wonder if he was going to overstay his welcome. 
I wonder if I wonder if he was going to take advantage of his kindness and use him and not be a good steward of what the innkeeper was doing. Jesus didn't deal with that. What he said was, I've picked him up and I need you to treat him, treat him like family. He's a, he's a stranger to this inn. He doesn't belong here. He's probably never stayed here before. Matter of fact, he's probably never been able to afford it. I don't even know where he lives. But I'm putting you in charge of taking care of him. And when I return, it's a type of the second coming of Christ. When I return, he said, I will repay you. So here's the thing. That 20 bucks Sunday was nothing to me. Because I know the Lord will repay it in ways that I can't hardly even imagine. Going across the river, some people are scared to go across. To eat at Cracker Barrel on Crittenden Drive of all places. I don't even like that area. I just don't like it. It's weird over there to me. It's just not somewhere I go. I pass by there on the way to the airport. And going over there to eat, the Lord, the Lord prepared a moment to show kindness to somebody. Almost as if, now her plight wasn't near as bad. She was just having a rough day. But the Lord sent one of his people over there to pick her up off the side of the road and to help her feel like more than a stranger. You understand what I'm saying tonight? So you got, you got to talk to strangers. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Mm. What must I do? Jesus said, well, you've got to know what to do when you see somebody laying on the side of the road. And you've got to be intentional about it. And you've got to do something about it. Would you pray with me right now? Father, I thank you for the prayer that is going up in this place 24 hours a day. Started this past Monday. It'll start again tonight at midnight and go through noon on Saturday. And it'll pick back up next week and the next week. And we're going to go, Lord, as long as you direct us to go because we're trying we're trying to get past this pandemic. We're trying to get beyond COVID and Omicron and Delta virus and shutdowns and unemployment. We're trying to get past a world in chaos. And we're trying to find the people that are laying on the side of the road. Because you're coming back, Lord. And it's not your will that any should perish. There's not... There's not one person that deserves to go to hell. Not one. The meanest person in the world, the most hateful, vile person in this world, the most abusive person in this world does not deserve to go to hell and burn for eternity, cursed by the Lord God Almighty. And here we are tonight, God. We're people of peace and we're people of love and we're people of faith and we thank you, Lord, and here we are in our refuge, God, in our beautiful building at 2814 Mount Tabor Road. Blessed and highly favored of the Lord, saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. But, God, if we were out there, we would want somebody to pray for us, to reach for us, to invite us, to teach us, to disciple us, 
to drag us to the house of the Lord, to go out to the highways and the hedges and compel us to come if that's what it took. And Father, I pray that your burden would set down upon greater faith. Set down on the main campus. Set down on Hope Ministries. Set down on Louisville Central. Set down on Jeff Campus. Set down, Lord, on Pastor Jose's church, Lord, in the name of Jesus and in soon-to-be-started congregations. I pray, Lord, that you would engage us in the harvest. Come on, pray with me. Engage us in the harvest, Lord. You said the fields are white already to harvest. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, Lord, to talk to strangers at work and strangers at Chick-fil-A and strangers in the grocery store and strangers at the gym, strangers, Lord, in the school system, strangers on the street, strangers at the gas station, God. Come on, pray with me right now. We got time for this. It's only 838. In the name of the Lord God, I pray that you would raise people up and let 2022 be the greatest soul winning year we've ever seen. Let it be the greatest year of harvest we've ever seen, God. I believe that the most people we've ever seen get the Holy Ghost in a 12-month period of time is somewhere between four and 800 people, and I believe you can do it again. I believe, God, you can help us to reach 1,000 this year. I believe you can help us to reach 1,500 this year, God. I believe, God, that you can pack every congregation, pack our altars, pack our baptismal tanks. Come on, pray with me right now, greater faith. In the name of the Lord, God, we're not praying to just mark time. We're not praying just because we think it would be a good idea to have a 24-hour prayer chain. We're praying, God, at the prompting of the Holy Ghost, and we believe that it's harvest time. The virus, Lord, and, and, and the people, the CDC, and the government, Lord, and the people out there, God, are going to try to, to keep everybody distance and keep everybody separated, Lord. But I pray that the church would integrate into the population as we never have before. Not to blend in with them, God. Not, not to just be part of them, God, but so that they can be part of us. So that we can break down the wall of partition between us and the stranger, Lord God. Help them to feel like home and help them to feel like family. In the name of the Lord, would you just raise your hands right now and say, God, use me in every situation, God. It doesn't matter who it is, God. Put the words in my mouth to talk to people I've never talked to before. Let there be prophetic words that come out of my mouth, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray that you would help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Come on, just for a minute here. We're not going to pray to 9 o'clock, but we can just pray for a minute here. Would you anoint us, God? Would you lead us to the hungry? Somebody pray this with me. Lord, lead us to the hungry and lead the hungry to us. Put us in the path of somebody that's looking for you. Somebody that's sick and tired of being sick and tired. Somebody that's fed up with this pandemic and ready to move past it. Somebody that's tired of the church being shut down and they're looking for a place that they can come to worship and to praise the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. We praise you, Lord God, tonight. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Amen. If you believe that the Lord has heard us and that he is going to use us, amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and give him great praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God.